exactly does it mean to share your hotness? We all have our own unique spark. We are burning out of control like a wildfire, attracting attention, but is it the right kind of attention? All around us are people who are campfires. They don't get as much attention, but their story, their signature spark, their heat that attracts us close to them, those stories need to be shared. On this podcast, we're sharing their stories. Their stories of resilience, overcoming, how to find joy, happiness, everyday people who found their spark and made their life amazing. Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Daisy V. You know you're a big deal when you're just like, share, you know, your last name, V, right? Like, that's just, that's just cool. You know, I try. <laughs> yes. And so you said both your last names end with a V. So you're like, I'm just going to go with V. My and that God. way your maiden name to your married name. They don't have to feel sad. Absolutely. Well, when we got married, it was so complicated that basically I kept my maiden name just because I would have to go back to Europe to change it. And like life isn't in that isn't in the cards of life right now. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to go by Daisy V because then I've got the Vogue from my German. I've got the Vasquez from my Latin. So we're just Daisy V is fine. (laughs) There you go. And how long you've been married? Um, uh, They're going on 14 years now. Oh, congratulations. And where are you from in Europe? So originally, I'm from Germany. I was born in a little tiny town in Bavaria in the south of Germany, but um, I'm quite international because I only lived there until my second year of age, and I've lived abroad ever since. Very cool. So where? I want to hear... I want to hear the places. (laughs) Okay. So um, my parents were hotel managers just to get that out of the way, because everybody always goes, were they missionaries? Were they something like, no, they were hotel managers. And my mother really couldn't stand the cold in Germany. So she was like, we got to get out of here. And they ended up moving to Kenya in Africa for three years when I was two years old. Um, so yeah, definitely warm. I'm, I'm a warm blooded child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then from there we went on to Thailand. And so I lived in a beautiful town called Pattaya for many, many years. Um, and then my parents stayed in Thailand. I ended up doing all my high school. I went to American schools, uh, did my university there. And um, so Africa and Thailand was with them. And then I ended up moving to the Dominican Republic where my parents were also, but that's another story. Uh-huh. Um, met my husband there. From there, we ended up moving to Mexico for seven years. And then from there to Jamaica. And now we're finally in Orlando. And I think this is where we landed for a bit. So. Oh, my heavens. Yeah, it is very international. So people in America are typically quite impressed that I have lived in every quadrant of the country. That's very cool. That, that's very rare. You've too. lived in like almost every quadrant <laughs> of the world. So. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to make it to all the continents before my time is up. Except so. Antarctica, because you, I'm assuming that's a little cold. You want to visit it, but do you want to live would, there? You can't. No, live no, no, there. not live Can there. Live visit. there? No. visit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> visit. But I'm like, I don't think we live there unless we're scientists. Yeah, or penguins. Do penguins live in Antarctica? That's always the question. No, are yes. they down or up? Yes, right? Okay. They're both. There's different kinds of penguins. True. There we go. Not that yes. I'm like an expert. But <laughs> I was going to say, my penguin knowledge is low. I know there are penguins that are, you know, work towards 
you know, like they're not just a cold weather, mm-hmm. like they'll migrate to yes. pretty warm areas. True. They're quite resilient. I've seen, I've seen several documentaries, so I'm basically an expert. Oh, really? oh good. I'm oh, making good. a joke. I'm making a joke. <laughs> yeah. In high school, I was pretty fascinated with penguins. I did an art project that has penguins in it and I kind yeah. of fell in love with baby penguins. Ah, I see. I fell in love with polar bears. There you go. See, polar bears are quite fascinating too. They're very cool. They're, that's next on my list. Alaska, Canada, polar bear area. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I've lived in Alaska. <clears throat> oh, really? Oh, wow. That's, that's one so of the cool. quadrants of the Americas that I have lived in. Very um, cool. So I've lived in Georgia, Oklahoma, New, uh-huh. New Hampshire. So mm-hmm. from the south to the north. Mm-hmm. And then I've lived in Michigan. So we're okay. the north middle. Middle. Yeah. yeah. And then I've lived in Oklahoma, which is the south middle. Okay. Right? So we have the Georgia, you know. Yeah. And then I've lived in Oregon. Alaska, that area up there. Well, yeah, and then okay. Alaska, but Oregon. Even higher. And then I've lived okay. in Utah and Arizona. Wow. What got so you are- moving to all those places? Sorry. We're yeah, no, um, me, but I'm so curious. my dad was a trucker, which just had me that, visiting yeah. places, but I always uh-huh. say I grew up into extremes, truck stops in Provo, Utah. And Provo, okay. Utah is nicknamed Happy Valley. Okay. And nice. um, it is like when I was growing up, it was pretty much 99%, real, you know, um, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. So Mormons, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. pretty much 99% Mormon. Today, <sighs> it's probably like 70%. Okay. But everybody there is really happy. Like on on Sunday, everything was closed. Nice. Like the religion be. is you don't work on Sunday and you don't shop on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if you're shopping on Sunday, the people are going to have to work on Sunday. So it's like a day of rest. So mm-hmm. you could drive through Provo on a Sunday like if you were going to go to somewhere else and it would just be like, nobody, everybody was home with their families. How beautiful. Just as it should be. Yeah. And my family wasn't particularly um, devout in the religion, Mm -hmm. to put it lightly. Mm -hmm. And it was the neighbors that kind of leaned in and were a support to me. So they lived their faith. Right. Good. But anyway, then I left two days after graduating high school because my family was kind of, I'm not even sure how to, it was, you know, dysfunctional. So I, I was getting okay. out of Dodge. So then I went to the Grand Canyon of Arizona yeah. and then I read a lot of Jack London. So I went to Alaska and <laughs> anyway, so I just kept moving around because I could and my parents yeah. didn't pay their taxes. So, um, I, to go to school, I couldn't borrow money mm. or get a Pell grant that I would have been entitled to okay. if they paid their taxes. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not, yeah, I could be poor anywhere. I'll just go work in places. <laughs> I like that. You could be poor anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, I had a car. It could fit everything I owned in it. it Perfect. Was in Monaco, 1966. Like, why not? I would, just, I would just go. And, you know, gas was not even a yeah, dollar whatever. a gallon. You know? <laughs> yeah, back then. Yeah, exactly. The old days. Yeah. Oh. And then I married an army man. And that slowed mm-hmm. me down. Yeah. So I would be like you know, nine months in one place. So I'd be going to school. Then I go live somewhere else for the summer. And then, oh, I just go to school for a semester. And then I go live somewhere else for eight months. Yeah. So that was just kind Great of, life. so I was kind of popping, you know, back and forth between Alaska and different things. And anyway, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. We, we wanted to do that with our, with our lives as well, because we, we love warm weather and, and 
tourist destinations and the beach and the ocean and nature and like we love it all so all we ever wanted to do was because both my husband and I work in the tourism industry or worked we still do but we worked uh-huh. in the tourism industry more than we do now we were like okay we can go for four months here then we'll go for four months to Costa Rica four months to you know uh, Dominican Republic four months to Jamaica four months to we just wanted to do all that but life didn't have it in the cards but one day we will now, have you <laughs> have you made little people um, no, I have personally not made little people. Okay. Um, I, it's a choice I chose to make. My husband came with two little people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that was actually one of the things I told him when I found out he had kids. I was like, uh, I'm not really good with kids. And uh, he said to me, well, you'll love mine. Don't worry about it. And I gave him like a, a <laughs> love is confident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was not like, I, I did not like children. I still don't, but I love mine. <laughs> so, yes. And actually, so okay I would that. say that's not an uncommon thing. <laughs> okay. Good. So for those that are listening that are like, I don't know. I <laughs> like kids a lot more after having kids. Mm. Like as them, as a general rule. Yeah. Right? Okay. But yeah. prior to becoming a mom, Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you can't talk to them. You can't have a few conversations. They're you know, always bouncing the off the walls. <laughs> there's the crying. But one of the things that I have discovered, which I'm sure is science, is one of the reasons having your own kids is great because you know their quirks. So there's kind yeah. of a mutual training that happens. But, you know, <laughs> if you're babysitting somebody else's kid and they like have a meltdown, you're like, what yeah. is going on here? Mm-hmm. Where your kids, you can see it coming. True. A lot of times. True. You know, I would true. say yeah. 99% of times, like you can see it coming. Yeah. So you're like, hey, let's, uh, let's distract. Yeah. Let's, let's go know, to let's... this path instead. Exactly. You know, <laughs> we, we like, call it, look at the monkey. Look at the monkey. Look. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so that, that has been something that, um, and then, you know, because, you know, you kind of, they kind of get in your skin, those kids, you know, yeah. they're fine. I, yeah. I'm, and then ever since, um, I have a daughter that passed away ever since mm-hmm. my daughter died, babies in the grocery store are really into me. Oh, of course. Right. They feel you that know? on you. Yeah. They see that. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could try, but it's not good on you. No, or them, I, I, so, no, but you I, I like them a lot more, but I think a lot of, and, and if we can go deep here for a minute, I think a lot of mm-hmm. the reason that I struggle with kids is because, um, I'm going to assume your childhood was different, but because my childhood, the way as it was, and people mm-hmm. had not been tender with me as a child mm-hmm. that I wasn't sure how to be tender with children. And that's know? understandable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I was just never around kids. So it was just like, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you were in the tourism industry and things like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So do you mind me asking if you are good with that decision to have not made kids or do you second guess it sometimes? (laughs) Are you happy to have two that you're being able to take care of when you need? Well, I I can't help but second guess because there's always that curiosity. My, My husband always wanted more kids. But the reason, one of the reasons we chose actually not to have children was because his son has a degenerative disease that Mm. takes all our time. Mm. Um, Not really all our time, but, you know, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of work. And so we both had said um, when we finally figured out what Harvey had, um, his son, um, we said, okay, you know what, we're going to like, we have to do everything possible to be able to help his life be the best 
it can be right, and the right. longest and the best quality and everything. We don't really, we didn't really think kids was just in the cards for us because we didn't mm-hmm. know what we were going to do with this one child. Why were we going to bring in another one into the world and, you know, not be sure on, on what was going to happen there and possibly lose that focus that we needed for Harvey. And so yeah. that was kind of the decision that we made. My husband always wanted twins. He's like, oh, you would have made such beautiful twin girls for me. I'm like, yeah, okay. Twins don't run in my family and definitely, I didn't want one. Now you yeah. want to get two on me? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, we're good. But um, yeah, we're we're very happy with how we are. We're glad we it's just the three of us now because my daughter's old enough. I mean, my daughter's 24 now. Uh-huh. Um, she moved out a couple of years ago. And this my is husband. the one that, that your husband made. That's yes. Yes. They're both my husband's She's your kids. daughter. And she's my, you I have, call them mine. Of course you do. How I much mean, do, you, it's, do you have them full time? Uh, well, when we ended up moving to Mexico, after we got married, my, we found out that we can get Harvey a treatment that he needs, the only one that's available for his condition in Mexico. So they did end up moving with us full time um, in 2012. Uh-huh. And uh, we have we had them full time ever since and until even we moved to the States and, and then Hillary. And, and Harvey's, you know. I'm, you know, ex-wife, the mother of those uh-huh. children. Yeah, she she was okay with that, or is she willing to do it because of their health? Or she had to do it because Harvey's health required it, uh-huh. and um, she said, "Okay, well, I'm going to send Hillary with you because you know, so he that somebody he wants them together. Exactly. They didn't want to be separated in the first place. She wanted to have eyes and ears there on the ground, which I understand as well. Obviously, as a mother, you want to know what's going on with your child." And she knew that it was only going to be basically us because we didn't have any family. We were new to the country in Mexico. Like we, she's like, take Hillary so she can help you as well. And then we'll just figure it out from there. And wow. Hillary ended up liking it. She was Harvey's pure protector. Who's not going to like living in Mexico? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, poor. when you're 11 or 12 and you're like making friends and you're in that teenage phase and you're like not sure and you don't know anybody, you know, it was scary and for her. I mean, the her, her father's from Dominican Republic, so she spoke Spanish already. Well, <laughs> Junior's actually born in New York. The kids oh, were okay. both born in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, they spoke only Spanish when I met them. So that's why okay. I had to relearn my Spanish. <laughs> okay. How many languages do you speak? I speak three fluent. So German, okay. English, and Spanish. I used to speak Thai fluent because obviously I lived there for 17 years. I had to learn it. And then when I was little, I spoke Swahili as well because I grew up in Kenya. So I, they would yes. tell me I was this little blonde girl that would be speaking fluent Swahili because I had a Swahili. So when you say fluent, like how you're speaking English fluently. Pretty much. That's um, what they tell me. You I don't still, remember. You could still get by in Thailand. Oh, yeah. In Thailand, I could easily get by understanding everything. Thai, I I still, when I try to speak it, I now mix it with Spanish, but I could definitely get by in Thailand, no problem. That is, I'm always so impressed with people who are multilingual. It's, it, it, I'm it is, Duolingo. You know, that's, I have that's two, great. But it's sign language. But, and so I want to learn that. That is so cool. It is. A, it is the only language uses both sides of the brain. But here's what's mm-hmm. so interesting about it is when you know how when you're trying to get the other word. Mm-hmm. You know, to get I yeah. start moving my hands <laughs> <I know. laughs> and so it's like the different languages are stored in different parts in different of the brain mm-hmm. and so I'm like trying to do it and then of course sign language being visual mm-hmm. I'm in like I'm in Mexico which is we travel there quite a bit we love Mexico okay. 
It's beautiful. And obviously, you know, I'm assuming you lived and I visit, you know, the, the beautiful parts, you know, the, yes. you know, <laughs> we're not, you know, well, we were in I'm, Cancun on that side. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not like in the hood, you know, but anyway, no. just like when I go to Chicago, I don't go to the hood of Chicago. So let's every place you, there's places you avoid and there's the beautiful places. Yeah, I, I'm to. more yeah. afraid of the hood of Chicago than I am the hood <laughs> of Mexico. Um, <clears throat> can't and, you know, with statistical reasons as well. Um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, they, um, you know, so I'll start trying to talk to somebody in Spanish Mm -hmm. working on learning Spanish. Okay. And pretty soon my signs come out. So then I'm pantomiming and people (laughs) will work along with you with pantomime. Yeah, absolutely. And so really what I'm learning to do is learning to speak, be the fool fluently and internationally, because anywhere you go, people will start. They figure out they're American. They're like, oh, they're dumb. They're only capable of so many languages. And you're you're moving your hands about, and they'll start doing that with you. And so I I can actually communicate with anyone to a certain level. You know, you can express gratitude with hand gestures and facial expressions, and you know, a little bit of bowing. You know, Mm -hmm. so you know, I end up making friends because they can see that I'm friendly. Yep. I just I so I joke that charming. I'm fluent and charming, and so charming. Anywhere, anywhere. But that's true. People feel your energy when you're traveling or when you don't speak their language. And it's just about finding a way to communicate with them, whether that's through, you know, the spoken word or yeah. through a smile or a hug and an and a offering of gratitude. Like you say, people appreciate that. That's all it's about. Yeah. So, all you know, it's made me a little lazy, you know, but I guess <laughs> I'll just have to move to Thailand. I have a nephew who's going to go build a resort in Thailand. Oh, I'll very have cool. To connect you too. Ask where. You know stuff. Yeah. Um, Thailand. That's, that's what I. That's Thailand is what I you know. know. The beautiful country. All of Asia is beautiful. I would go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, I've been to Japan and Indonesia. Um, nice. Indonesia is nice too. Yeah. It was amazing. It was an Indonesia amazing. I worked with for a while. Which islands did you go to? Sorry. What kind so, of. Uh, yeah. No. So I was in Jakarta for work and then I nice. was in Bali for play. Oh, beautiful. I got yeah. so sick in Bali when I was working there, but it's still a gorgeous place. Yeah. So, so beautiful. So you still work in tourism? Yes, we work from home in tourism, um, kind of on the back end now instead of being, you know, front and center. Thankfully, my husband got a job working from home after before 2020, actually. So that was very lucky. And um, yeah, we've been here ever since being able to take care of Harvey from home is much, much better. And then I've also started to build up little things on the side, trying to help others too, to do a little bit of good here and there. What are those little, little things on the side? (laughs) Well, there's, I I studied to become an integrative nutrition health coach was actually the first thing I did. Say that again, integrative nutrition health coach. So what is that? What is that? I mean, obviously it's moving different pieces together. Yes, exactly. And that's why I chose it. So it's both nutrition and it's everything else that has to do with good health. So basically, um, you know, from the books that you read, from what you surround yourself with, from the thoughts that you think, from the spirituality that you do, from managing your career, from managing your money, from managing your friendships, um, your relationships, your sport, your activity, like everything that has to do with health. Um, it's so much more than just nutrition is what, yeah. I mean, I figured, right. So, yeah, so why are we calling nutrition. integrated health coach? Cause that is so much more. Cause I get one image in my mind when you say health coach and nutrition mm-hmm. yep. to 
I feel like we got to come up with a better word. I think so too, but I'm just, I don't know. It's just, you know, and people say life coach, but it's not even a life coach because it's not just about life. (laughs) I can't call myself a life coach because it's a different thing than life. I deal with everything, parts of the body, parts of the brain, parts of the mind, movement, everything. Um, And I did that specifically because, you know, I realized with Harvey that, Yes, I changed his nutrition, but that didn't help his mindset, you know, and or I've always eaten really healthy naturally. But, you know, my body was still like it hurt when I was lifting the kid or doing wrong things. You know, how old is he now? Harvey is turning 21 in August. And he still needs to be lifted and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Harvey has no feeling from the waist down. Um, He has no control of his bowels uh, or his legs. He's partially blind. Um, he can see, as far as we know, he can see maybe past his nose till about here, and then the rest turns blurry. Um, he's a little deaf. He has mobility issues, so he needs attention all the time. Like just yeah. even to sit up, he needs help. Is he verbal? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very <Okay>. verbal. <laughs> Sorry. He's, oh. he's definitely verbal, and he's one hundred percent a teenager. So cognitively, you didn't say he has any impairment there. Luckily, nothing. No, the condition that he has uh, does affect a lot of the kids cognitively. It's called MPS, Uh um, short version from mucopolysaccharidosis, a wonderful long word and tongue twister. Yeah, Uh, but um, a lot of the types of it do affect the children neurologically, which is it's a very bad version it's actually called the children's alzheimer's because they basically forget everything that they learn and it's very sad to watch um but luckily what harvey has his type doesn't affect anything cognitively it's fully physical so there's a lot of things i mean his heart is affected his his gut is affected like everything his lungs are affected everything but you know as long as we keep an eye on it and keep him healthy overall in general he's a super happy kid. <laughs> yeah. But, but you just said how he's super verbal, but so he's caught. Okay. And this, it's like, it's, it's sad because, you know, he has the mental capacity to realize what he's missing. Absolutely. But he doesn't Absolutely. have the physical capacity to just mingle with society evenly because, you know, his, the threats he has health wise. So yep. obviously with COVID you guys were oh. locked down. We are still on, we're basically still on lockdown. The thing is like, Harvey never, well, Harvey never had a lot of connection with other people. He doesn't know anybody here except his family. You know, we tried to get him into school to make sure he gets some friends when we initially moved here, but he's not very social. (laughs) And I don't know why, because he's really fun and he's really outgoing, but it's kind of like with us. I think he maybe never really got that connection as a kid. Um, and he was teased a lot when he was younger because he couldn't walk properly and because he had all these things. So he's I very not get that. When are we going to get over teasing people because they got some know. kind of physical or mental difference? I don't know. I don't know. And it's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Regretfully, people are small. People are small and their minds are small and they're like, they can't. I, I, it, it well, just, there was, I um, without going fully into the story, there was this mm-hmm. instance where my son was bullied pretty badly. My son has Tourette's. So very okay. minor, oh, obviously. You know, has Absolutely. some interesting ticks, you know. Ways to come out. Yep. You know, and um, anyway, after this discussion with the boy and the mom's like yelling at her kid and I'm like, oh, well, clearly this is a reason that your kid's bullying. 
you're shaming them when you yell. Being, yeah, exactly. And shame, I believe, is 100% from he who is poopy, you know, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. my, my code word for Satan. And anyway, as we're out in the parking lot after this, my, the mother has told this boy to apologize to my son. And my mm-hmm. son looked up at the boy and said, I forgive you, which is like an amazing story of my son's kind Beautiful. of. Beautiful. Yep. Because yeah. I want, <laughs> shows his I worth as a person. Anyway, the mom says to me, well, you can't really blame my son for making fun of your son because your son does funny things with his body. So I joke that I about got to kick myself, you know, I literally <laughs> said to her, I said, do you teach your, cause my son is normal looking. Mm-hmm. He just has that one little, that little tick, that little tick. And the tick mm-hmm. he had at the time was hitting his pelvis, you know, big deal. Thing. What's the big deal? Right. But you know, pretty minor things. Absolutely. You know, Compared to other terrain. might just kind of move their shoulder a little bit yeah. or something uh-huh. like that. But, is this your son that just got married? Yes. Hi, congratulations. He got married. So and happy. her brother has Tourette's that's more pronounced than our son. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's wow. And it's like really cool that, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just kind of cool. Ways. So she, she gets it. She gets yeah, it. You know? Absolutely. Um, her brother, it has an amazing ability. Like when you're hanging out with him, he'll have like lots of ticks, and, you know, he's moving a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. obvious he has Tourette's where my husband and my son is not as obvious. Okay. But he, he has the ability evidently like to turn it off, but it drains his focus. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cause he got it. He has to, yep. That makes like, sense. Really focus, which I'm yep. like, man, that's crazy. Like Harvey can't mm. just like turn it off. No, <laughs> nope. You know what I mean? Nope. So it's yeah. a very minor thing. But anyway, I said mm-hmm. to the mom, I said, do you teach your kid to make fun of people with a mental disability? And she goes, well, no. Do you make, teach your kid to make fun of somebody in a wheelchair? Well, no. And I was like, yeah, you kind of do. Yeah. Cause you're looking different. So yeah. Yeah. Cause you're looking for those differences to be mm-hmm. like, this is a problem. And Absolutely. I just, it's hard for me to imagine that somebody who walked, I taught, I taught my kids to call everybody like that. Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, look, cool. a superhero, mm-hmm. you know, and That's awesome. it would be so cute. Cause my kids would see someone with down syndrome or something, or someone in a wheelchair and they'd be like, mom, a superhero. A and the superhero. mother would just turn to me and be like, Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And my kids to this day, who are now adults, jerks for moving out, um, (laughs) this day refer to people, they'll be like, so I met the superhero or today this kid with superpowers. That's beautiful. And it's so true. But they they all have their superpower. (laughs) They all do. And, but, you know, teaching us resilience, teaching Mm -hmm. us fortitude, teaching us compassion teaching us faith yeah let's bring it in daisy Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah so how has harvey taught you added faith i love this oh with everything it's because of it's basically because of him and my husband that i learned about god and so even harvey like the other day it was so funny we were in the hospital and i'm always talking to him about you know how what his plans are what he wants to do with his life what he should be doing you know what he can do what he can't and his current goal right now is to walk and so background on this he has not walked oh my gosh I want to say since he was maybe 11 or 12 is where it really finally stopped um 
reason being is that he had a hernia and we were in Mexico and he actually got had two hernias one from birth and one that developed and the doctors there said okay you need to get him to stop walking or else if we ever have to operate this hernia we will not be able to operate him and he will die on our table so we Mm -hmm. said okay he will stop walking because we don't want him to have to be operated in this country if you're already telling us that you don't have the capabilities yeah yeah um so we said okay stop walking uh now he is no longer walking at all. And we're not really sure if it's because of what we said or because of the condition. But either way, the one thing we work on diligently every single day, and the reason he gets up and does PT with me every day is because he wants to walk. And so I asked him in the hospital when we were dealing with a bunch of stuff this year, um, you know, what would you have, what would happen? Would you be sad if you don't walk while you're here? because that's your biggest goal well you're here meaning well you're here on earth yeah on earth just wanted to make sure we were being clear yeah 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 absolutely absolutely for sure and he goes no I won't be sad I would want to but that's okay because I'm gonna walk anyway no matter where I am in the future and I said okay Mm -hmm. I'm gonna walk up in heaven and I'm gonna run and I'm gonna play and we're all gonna have fun again so I don't I'm not gonna be sad I'm just gonna do my best while I'm here and I'm like okay awesome. <laughs> so prior this. to your husband, you, you said it was because of your husband, you discovered faith. Yes. So prior to your husband, you did not have a faith. Well, the thing is my parents didn't, well, I knew about God, obviously my, my, my upbringing was just so international. My mother kind of made the choice of not forcing any kind of religion on us or on us. And they didn't me. have, they didn't have religion. Not really. Uh, not really. That's pretty common for, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the German people I've met, they, mm-hmm. it's not, religion is not a, a big part of that culture. I think, I, I think so. And I can't really talk about it because I never lived there. So I can't really say, mm-hmm. I know a lot, like my hometown, the church is the center of the town. You know, I really wanted to get married. Well, yeah, in I church. mean, all of Europe. Oh yeah, exactly. But all of Europe. On Sunday, they're, that. they're kind of empty. Cor- well, I don't know. I've never been. No, but just from what you. I, from, from what I observed. And so, okay. you know, and I had a German friend, I have a German friend that told me that she was basically making some connection between, um, you know, what happened with the trauma of world war two mm-hmm. that people kind of, you know, are, are, are afraid to be fanatic about anything. Might be, that might be you know, as well. That was her personal. That could be. Know, that could be. I know from my family's viewpoint, I mean, what I hear from my parents as well is they were never really in, even brought up in church or anything like that. So it was not something that they were going to pass on to me. And then because we were in Africa and Thailand, I mean, I was surrounded by Buddhism, Hinduism. I was surrounded by all these different types of religions. Yeah. My mom was yeah. like, you can figure out one day what you want to do. Because I asked her, I'm like, why don't we ever go to church? Because we did, <laughs> we would go to church one time a year and that was Christmas mass, midnight mass. That was it. So Catholic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because Germany was like that too. Right. Um, but yeah, but I was, I just, I knew there was something out there. I knew there was a force. I knew there was a power. Um, I learned a lot about Buddha because of living in, in Asia, yeah. obviously. Um, my great grandmother taught me about prayer. She's the one that would, that taught me the Lord's prayer. And she, I still have her little book that she gave me. And she was the one that would talk to me about God, but until I met my husband and basically when we decided to get married and we, re- I started noticing that God started and you guys working. Meet each other at work. No, actually it was a blind date. 
Oh, there you go. Okay, I want to hear that story, but I want to see the faith different. story from it. That's fine. No, and so um, when I realized that God had started working in ways that I really didn't, I didn't see at that time that it was God working. But when I sat down and I went, okay, this is really weird. Um, I went, okay, that, that has to be you. There's no way that the universe can work that way without somebody's being a, playing a hand in it and playing right, a role right. in it. Yeah. And so I went, okay, thank you. And I, I accepted him and he's been working for Harvey ever since. And Harvey's a pure, pure view of that faith. So yeah, how can I deny? Hey, so, um, <laughs> Was that like, so when you say you accepted him, it sounded like it was kind of like this slow burn, you know, the slow increase. And then there yeah. was, sounds like when you say, whenever I feel like people say, oh, I just accepted him. It was like this moment that they just realized all the pieces were together yep. and they have a formal conversation and they, you yep. know, declare, you know, typically it's. Um, yeah, thank you. I basically, I said, thank you for always guiding me and bringing me to you. Yes. And so it was just this moment that you were just, mm-hmm. you know, um, like the, you know, the Baptists will call it being saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they accepted exactly. Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Was it yeah. like that? Um, or was it, I mean, I don't know how Catholics term it that way. Well, see, I don't, I don't know either. That's the thing. I don't know either. I just, right. I just started feeling that there was somebody there with me. And every morning um, when I would get up and I would drink my tea or, and, and just sit and just think, I always, heard, I would hear somebody telling me these things that I was repeating in my mind, you know, like everything's going to be okay. It's okay. And then it was, it was, he was just there. I don't, I mean, I can't even tell you how it happened. It was just like, he was there and it was like, okay, this is what, this is who you've been looking for. You called it, you called it, you called that force. He, so did you you feel that it was a male presence or was that your upbringing? You think, I think that's probably upbringing. That's probably upbringing. I always, but I I, believe there's a father. That's the thing. I I feel very, very, humbled when I think that there's a father there taking care of me. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, religiously, I mean, I was raised in a religion in the sense that my neighborhood and my family kind of did that, but you know, my neighborhood was very much one religion. Mm -hmm. And so we believe we call Heavenly father. Yes, exactly. You know, and Mm -hmm. we believe that he is married, but Mm -hmm. we don't talk about her that often because God does not want us to take her in vain. Ah, makes sense. You know, so, um, you know, he wants us to be respectful towards her. Mm -hmm. And I personally feel that she is doing more on the other side for us, like kind of our recovery from earth, you Mm -hmm. know, she's doing more of the, you know, but there are times that I have Mm -hmm. a divine feminine presence, like when, you know, giving birth you know, late in the yeah. night when I don't know yeah. what to do with my kid. I'm sure you mm-hmm. felt that with, yeah. with, you know, your son, yeah. you know, just like, how do I nurture, you know, yeah, exactly, not yeah. that, not that God is not nurturing. Cause he's, you know, the God heavenly father that we refer to, mm-hmm. but it's always fascinating to me how people who didn't grow up in particular religious traditions will, how they choose what the pronoun of God, what is. the pronoun is. Does that make sense? And that yeah, pronoun absolutely. has kind of become a charged word, um, you know, because to me, yeah. we are, I, my soul, my spirit is mm-hmm. divinely feminine. Like mm-hmm. I will always be and always have been a feminine entity, entity. you know? 
Yeah. Not that I can't have masculine traits, but that my soul is feminine. Mm -hmm. So it's always interesting to me, especially with women, because being, you know, maleness can be charged. Yeah. You know, that they will almost seems like, you know, in their religious journey, stumble upon that it's a he God. Yeah. That's the most interactive perhaps with us. For them. Yeah. You well, know? It's, it, it's an interesting, com- I never thought about it that way. And I really, I don't give much value to pronouns. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's just my viewpoint because I don't really I, care. I, if I don't call think it he or she. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what my soul is, but mm-hmm. um, if somebody gets upset with certain pronoun usage to me, when you try to force language, whatever that language is, we are being fascist, fascistic, you know, fascist, right? If Mm -hmm. you are trying to force a a form of thought on someone Mm -hmm. else, that is the definition of fascism. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, just like I cannot go around being like, excuse me, you can only refer to God in positive ways. If I try to force, (laughs) right? Like people who take, you know, God's name in vain, which I personally would, would not do because God Mm -hmm. is good to me. God is God. Um, If you ever say, how many say, thank God. I mean, literally thank God. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not using it as a a turn of speech, you know, a literal way of me just bringing God into the conversation. So um, if I went around and told people um, I'm going to get you fired from your job, because you um, are not referring to God with respect, that would be mm. a form of fascism. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, that's why it's a little bit charged nowadays, mm. you know, because people are um, having this cultural um, thing that's happening. But anyway, back to what you were saying about that. Cause I just find it fascinating that you, you probably felt a certain male presence, mm-hmm. you yes. know, when you said, when I was yeah. pouring my tea, when I was, you know, getting up in the morning that you were able to be like, well, that's, that's him. That's him. Oh, yep. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so just I was it's just, who it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I've talked to people, I, you know, I find these, these faith things very fascinating Absolutely. and, with, um, this lady who had not been raised in any religion whatsoever. Um, you know, she was very much into the rocks and the crystals and, the the universe kind of thing and when she discovered god and how upset she was that it was a man why because she had man issues she had to work (laughs) through but even though she didn't want that energy you know she would put it to be a male she still had to admit that it was a male but it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female the point is the energy and the love that he provides to you right but she had to work through that but it was just fascinating to me that if she could have made god in her ideal ideal would would have have made it you know um that that main interactive force she would have Mm -hmm. female female absolutely right but yet how irritated she was <laughs> to discover it was for her a man and she had to work on her man issues uh-huh. which is something i think society as you know as women have gotten equal rights okay we're one penny off guys like you know one penny off but women tend to go into nurturing jobs like mm-hmm. social work instead of hard sciences so we're not yep. going to be paid the same when we pick jobs that are not prized in society the same exactly you know? Absolutely. So we, we essentially have equal rights. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that, everybody. 
your throat and your, your, you know, um, that we basically have, you know, rights. And now it's gone into this beating men down. And it's like, well, that's not empowerment, mm-hmm. ladies. That's nope. There's that's the opposite again of what we were trying to do. Yeah, it's that you know, that's dominion. You know, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's poopiness, people. It's poopiness. <laughs> you know? And so I think we're going to lose rights. We're gonna lose respect as mm-hmm. um a feminine movement mm-hmm. if we are, you know, getting away from what our strengths are and trying to suppress others. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it rises to people like Andrew Tate, you know, that guy, have you seen Andrew Tate? Nah, I don't can't say He's I just this total, like, um, I don't even know, like just man, like men and women. If you're my woman, you can't sleep with anyone else. I mean, I can sleep with other people, but you can't, you know, I mean, just, <laughs> that's why really, I have not heard of him <laughs> really <laughs> out there character, you know, and you're just like, that's what that gets, you know, yeah. is you know, men are feeling under attack, you know, so Understandable. I mean, the highest suicide rate is among young men. Well, society is having major issues at the moment anyway, so we could that's, talk about this for hours. That's an understatement. The, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, that's not, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Harvard, something more cheerful there. Please. <laughs> Please, before we go into the depths of society. (laughs) That's a radical. I don't need to go down today, Lee. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes my guests are like, are we going deep? Are we going deep? I'm like, we're just having a conversation. We can go where we want to go, right? Um, So um, do you guys have like a faith church that you go to? Or is it just this faith that's in your home, this this knowledge that God is real for us. We, we don't go to church. We, we practice it only in our home mm-hmm. um, because Harvey does not speak English still enough to be able to understand if we were to go yeah. to a church, even um, well in Orlando, I'm sure you could find a, we um, could, but then again, because we haven't had Harvey out and about, he's not the kind of social person that will be right. properly, right. you know, that'll be in the right place in a church. Um, his, we went to a uh, English speaking church here around the corner by us. We, we love our church. It's beautiful. The people are amazing, but because of 2020, we stopped going. And so we just practice at home and we read our Bible and, you know, we've got music playing all day. Um, we sing to the Lord and that's basically what we so you set Sunday day. apart as like a day of worship day or no, regretfully we can't. Um, we worship every day instead. Oh, well, we, I'm pretty sure God's not upset by that. Exactly. No, yeah, no, we, yeah. we do worship every day. We, we can't set Sunday apart and we, we would love to go to church on Sunday, but Sunday's our busiest day in tourism. In, in tourism. Yeah, absolutely. So, so regretfully it's like, okay, so yeah, no, we cannot go to church on Sundays. Yeah, no, that, but we yeah. do what we can. Yeah. I, I think that's all that is expected of any of us. And you're, I love it. You're like, Oh, we don't do this on Sunday, but we just do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, um, you're supposed well, to do you know, it every day, all day. So yeah. I mean, isn't there, there's that, I was just about to quote or paraphrase that verse as well. You know, yeah. have a prayer in your heart all the time. And every moment pray. Exactly. Which goes so. back to kind of what you you do for a living is this mm-hmm. holistic approach, you know, that if faith were something you only did the exercise of on Sunday, and you disregarded it the rest of the week. The rest of the week, yeah. Then it's not really going to 
bring you added peace in your life. Of course not. And that's not what faith is supposed to be, because that means you only have it in that one moment when you need it or when it's the time to have it. When it's convenient. Socially or whatever. Yep, exactly. And what are you going to do with the other, you know, all the hours of the day? And when something happens in the moment and you don't know God properly or you don't know the tools that He has for you, that He's given you because you've built Mm -hmm. a relationship with Him, how are you going to benefit from spending, you know, one hour on Sundays with Him? No, it's something you have to do every single day. It's just like in my church. It's three hours. They just moved it in 2019 to two hours. And my son was like, no, it's 2018. And my son was like, the church is true. Because church was <laughs> one hour less. <laughs> but my husband was like, perfect. We have an extra hour for family scripture study. Mm-hmm. So it, we, we, uh, we did, my husband does not believe in less of anything. Good. Which is one of the reasons that I married him. Okay. But another thing that you talked about that I thought was really cool is you were talking about what you're, when you're talking about what you do, Mm -hmm. like what kind of music you listen to, what kind of TV shows, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't think people realize how much the media you consume affects you. Absolutely. And it's all people do here. Sorry, but I just said here, (laughs) I didn't mean here. I mean, on the world. No, I think America is super high. Like, I mean, I, it feels like America are bigger consumers on average America of media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When I was growing up, my mom was very um, restrictive about music because my brother Mm -hmm. had rebelled into drugs. So I guess she decided made some kind of correlation, you know? So anyway, her music. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I never really got into pop culture because I wasn't exposed. I wasn't allowed to. So I knew who the big bands were, but I didn't know most of the little bands. Mm-hmm. And I still am not very aware of pop, pop culture. Like, you know, I could not tell you who the biggest celebrities are. I probably have heard their name because, you know, I'm living <laughs> and breathing, um, you know, but like Lizzo, I know that she wants nobody to talk about her weight, but shows up in things in a thong. And that she's heavier and uh, which makes me think you want people to, to look at your ASS um, Mm -hmm. if you're showing up, sharing it like that. Exactly. Um, But if I were to hear her music on the radio, I wouldn't be able to put the two together. Probably me, me probably either. I didn't even know Lizzo was a woman. I thought it was a man automatically when you said it. (laughs) That's my knowledge of pop culture right there. I I know it's a woman because um, my my awareness of her was when she decided to um, twerk. You know what twerking is? Oh, yes. I've heard of that. At uh, Carnegie Hall. And I was like, well, she's a classy girl. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where you You do that, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And, you know... um, But, you know, I, I sound like I'm every bit the woman who's about to turn 80 when I talk like this, but, um, I do not feel, I, I, I didn't even know her, so yeah. I'm hundred then. Yeah, but I, 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 I do not feel that my lack of awareness, and I'm not saying knowing and enjoying music and being cool like that is a problem per se, but what kind of music you're listening to, I do not feel that not being up on pop culture has hurt me in my life and my relationship with my own mental health, my own decision that I don't have to pursue this knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, that I can pursue knowledge like history 
you know, can teach me how the world works, right? How human well, the, nature has played exactly. out. Well, that's you what know? you should do because what interests you is the things that you should be pursuing. Naturally. Right. But we've got to pursue good parts of that. Like if I'm only um, listening to the lives of Royals, yeah. you know, that's modern day. Yeah. That's, that was yeah. soap operas of our time. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. You know, so it does impact what you listen to, mm-hmm. what kind of music, what kind of, you know, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. And I think because I don't listen to music all the time, that mm-hmm. when I do listen to it, if I, if I hear words like the N word, it's mm-hmm. an automatic, I don't want to hear it. You turn it off. Yep. Sometimes just the beats of things. Mm-hmm. And it's not like only hard beats is no. but I, it's like, you can feel the intent of that song is not to lift me up. Mm-hmm. So then I start listening and I'm like, wait a minute, that's poopy. You know, and yeah. then I, <laughs> I turn it off. Yep. Yeah. So what, what's the exercise you recommend for your clients around music and how to kind of surround themselves with that? Well, I, I always tell them if it's about music or if it's about influencing themselves and the things that they, they think the easiest way to influence the internal part of your mind is to look at what you're surrounding yourself to. So you want to listen to music that makes you happy, that has an upbeat sound that talks about something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, there's some moments in time, like I will not deny that once in a while when I'm feeling, I want to say poopy, just because you've used the word. I'm not, not in that sense, but I'm contagious. I like that word. Yeah. I like that word now. I'm going to use it. So when I'm yeah. feeling poopy, I might put on some Rammstein. And I don't know if you know Rammstein, but that's like, because uh, then we've hard- discovered I'm super cool and know. These yeah, things. I know. Well, that's a German really like hardcore screaming, beating okay. kind of things like something I would never listen to on a regular day. Uh-huh. But in these moments that actually helps me to release some of that energy and feel better. And then as soon as that one song is over, I can go back and I can start filling my brain again with positive things. Mm-hmm. So like, it it kind of lets you have like a conduit to kind of let that bubble over. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, and that's what it's about. You need to find in order to continue to be sane. I think you need to find those things that allow you to release some of those energy stresses and then not knowledge. Well, knowingly, Okay, sorry, too many languages in my head. Knowingly, you want to be able to fill your brain then with positive influences that will get you out of that funk. Yes. Because uh, especially yes. in special needs life, it's so easy to fall down into that rabbit hole that we always talk about mm-hmm. and just go on this spiral of, okay, this is going bad. This is going bad. This is going bad. My life is going to be like this. I'm never going to get this. I'm not, like, it's it can it's never ending, but we have to consciously make that choice to get ourselves out of that. So whatever it may be, that is, that makes you happy. You have to do that for us. It's putting on good music and cooking good food and just, you know, relaxing or going out into nature and taking a hike in the park and just taking a walk and getting away from everything, turning off our phones, you know, whatever it can be for you, for somebody else, it might be, to go uh have you heard of those um those scream rooms or something like uh-huh. where they go and they, so somebody might benefit they from go that to things. go and do that and break things for a little bit that's mm-hmm. fine somebody else might go work out somebody else might go see a movie or mine's cleaning the house them. clean the house another great yeah. one you know everybody has their own I mean, I'm not breaking anything deal. but I just can kind of like it works for you 
Yeah. I had maids and I realized that that was probably not the best thing for my mental health mm-hmm. because when I felt stressed and out of control, you clean. to go and clean something helped me to like recenter. Yep. Absolutely. And so it's like, I'll have maids come in once in a while. Like if I want my house all clean for a particular thing yeah, um, or I just like want a deep clean and I'm not particularly stressed, but I, you know, at least every other week I'm feeling like I got to process something. There you go. And so I'll go clean it. My husband moves furniture. <laughs> every time he's like three in the morning moving furniture I'm like oh boy something's going on it's okay I'll have a new a new living yeah. tomorrow morning and it's it, it not unparalleled the reason I came up with three in the morning is for me to like go clean the kitchen in the middle of the night you know, I know well, like I'm trying to process no. something yeah yeah but no, I mean we I all have our just different things <laughs> yep exactly but and that's yeah, the thing no, I, you need to find yeah. it and as long as you find it and work with it and it don't even like a lot of people will even beat themselves up about it because like oh my god like let's say you get up at three o'clock in the morning and instead of enjoying your cleaning at three o'clock in the morning because it's something that you need to get rid of you're sitting there and you're badgering yourself like oh my gosh I should be sleeping I shouldn't be up mm-hmm. like this I, sh- I need to be doing this what am I doing this and then you I think yourself- I do that a little bit I, I, I could work on that. So thank you yeah. for coaching me on You're that. Welcome. Um, welcome. I do have, um, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD when I was 32. Okay. And um, so it's, it's my body wakes me up in the night to say, gotcha. We, we need to talk mm. and have a talk, you yeah. know? And yeah. so sometimes I get a little upset, you know, because I have PTSD because of numerous things from my childhood as yeah. the therapist, I said, well, what thing cost it? And she goes, just pick a reason, just, just pick yeah. any, of them. any of them would have done it. Lots and I was like, things. Oh, okay. But yeah, I was, I was meeting, molested, yelled at, neglected. I have issues from being malnourished, you know, so I've got a bunch of stuff, but yeah. I live a very vibrant life. And that's why I think it's important that we are not diagnosed. We're not defined by the diagnosis, these kinds of things, like by the diagnosis, just like Harvey is not mm-hmm. it's more than, you know, that he walks funny or walked funny. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, people see differences in other people, yep. we should not define ourselves or allow others to be defined by the thing that makes us different. No, we should celebrate that. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome. celebrate it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, you know, it's just, just like, yay, superpowers. Exactly. Yep. We all you have know? them. <laughs> we all we choose do, not to see them that way, but we have to. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the lessons you've learned from Harvey that you shared, you know, that, that, that blessing of faith, that mm-hmm. peace that brings. And, you know, for people who don't have a faith, you know, listening to a conversation like this might be like, oh, it's just some kind of coping mechanism. But, um, you know, if they don't, if they've not, um, if they've not found that, but if it is a coping mechanism, it is a coping mechanism That's that fine. has brought people, um, you know, peace through thousands and thousands of years, humans have always found faith. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. And I find it fascinating that in all these different cultures, you are a witness of this. Mm-hmm. Um, people have found a belief in God to be something that has guided them and brought yep. them peace, Absolutely. you know, and bring peace in our circumstances. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to think of like Harvey, if this were the only life he got, you know, he got a raw deal. That's not fair. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, fairness is a lot harder to grapple with. Yeah, absolutely. Fairness, will, we will never understand fairness. No, but it's That's... it's impossible to understand that. And yeah. it's impossible to make life fair. Of course. You know, because we're all born into different circumstances, different yeah. bodies, different intellects, you know. So, um, you know, a belief in something more than this helps reconcile the unfairness that we see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, any closing thoughts? I have just enjoyed talking to you like a girlfriend this morning. <laughs> I had a great time. I learned so much. <laughs> I always learn. And, and that's the point of this podcast is mm-hmm. there are amazing people in every one of our lives. Absolutely. And we just everyone need- is amazing. Yeah, everyone is. Everybody's story is so cool. To have those conversations with each other Mm -hmm. and to focus more on what we have connected just as human beings than what we have is different. Absolutely. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my little part of my story and hopefully make somebody out there smile and happy and laugh a little bit and give them something to think about. And if anyone has a great suggestion of what Daisy can call her business more because I feel like helps a trigger word. Um, I feel like, you know, you know, you need to be like, just take that 10 seconds of tension span of people instead of just saying, Oh, I do this. Be like, well, what I do, I'm currently calling this, but it incorporates every aspect of your life to live more. Well, that's why my business name is actually called Activated Life, because that's what I want people to have. I want them to be activated. I want them to be happy. I want them to be active both in their faith and their mind and their body and their nutrition, everything. I like that. That's a good spiel. I like that. You should, you should use that. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I will continue to. (laughs) So as always in the show notes will be um, Daisy's contact info, reach out to her, follow her, um, all that kind of fun stuff. So thank you, Daisy, for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. Thank you, Lita.